Ooh, ooh, ooh. We're back again, and we, we we just got back, and we're doing it again. Come on, baby. Uh, hey, fellas. Right back in the You know what it is, baby. What's up, everybody? It's the All Day Every Day Show with All Day AJ and the homie Manny Ruffin. I know it's cracking in this corner, boys. Oh, baby. Okay. As always, fellas, powered by Dimers. We only have two cameras today. We'll be flip-flopping. We'll see what Tyler wants to do with it. Um, shout out Tyler. Shout out Tyler, as always. He's actually grinding his ass off right now on our uh, on our, our Auburn vlog, which is he's got almost 10 hours of footage. So, guys, bear with us with that. Let him do his thing. Let him work. That big video is coming. All right. I know let we got Bron be Bron. Let Bron be Bron. All right. Let the real goat be the real goat. Okay. <laughs> A little subtle right there. <laughs> Uh, so if you want to support the show, head over to www.dimers.com backslash A-D-E-D. And for this month, we're going to keep promoting the Jersey Sportsbook. Check if it's legal in your state, wherever the hell you may be watching this or listening to this podcast. Uh, Caesar Sportsbook is a risk-free bet up to $5,000. You don't have to do $5,000. You can do $20. Bucks, you can do $40. Bucks, you can do $100. Bucks, whatever that may be, if you sign up. Um, with code all day in all capitals, just A L L D A Y, uh, you will get that promotion. And um, if you lose the bet, you will get a, you will get that back, and you'll be able to bet that. So if you put twenty dollars on, let's say the Knicks to win, just because I'm a I'm a New York guy, and the Knicks lose, you get a twenty dollar free bet to bet that again. I know it's not some people don't understand the risk free where they're just like, oh, I'll be able to get my twenty dollar bet back, and I can bet five, 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 and five. No, if you bet $20 on a specific bet with the code and you lose, you'll get that back as a free bet to bet again. So just choose wisely with what you're going to pick. Try to get that win. And if not, be even smarter to get that next win. So if you want to support the show, www.dimers.com backslash ADED. All right, Manny, we got another guest today. Tell me who it is. I'll let him into uh, into this right now. Boys, we are super Where'd excited. For the, I think it just went away. He just went away. Oh, there, there he is. There Boys, we, we are so excited for this one. We are on board with the man who built the best, and I mean the best, gambling analytics software, Props.Cash, former teacher, and critically acclaimed smartest man in this corner of gambling Twitter. Everybody put it together for Pete Smiley. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Give you a little introduction, all right? This is we had our informal, we had our informal chat, but now we have to go formal. As you can see, we're we're maybe speaking a little bit differently. Our voices may sound a little bit more, you know, upbeat because it's showtime. The lights are on, the mics are on, the headphones are on. You know what it is. And boy, you look good. It's great to see you. Thank you for your time today. We really, really appreciate (laughs) your time to talk to you. How are you doing? Yeah, doing well, guys. Really appreciate you having me on. I'm really excited. Yeah, man, this is super cool for us. Um, I I like your little background there. Um, We're able to, uh, (laughs) and we saw your tweet today. So we want to thank you for your, for your tweet with the shout out. We got a couple of new followers today, so we wanted to do that, but let's just start. um, uh, Just why don't you give us a little bit of back, a little bit background um, on yourself. I I know we're going to get to the software and everything like that, but just try to keep this one a little bit about yourself. Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, I'm going to give it to you the frame through props because uh, that's been my life recently. So yeah, my background is in math and stats. I'm up here in Canada, went to school for math and stats, graduated, and uh, I've been making my way in like the math and stats programming, sports community, kind of all sorts of stuff over the past few years. And it's all kind of culminated to props.cash at this point. So I'm excited to get into the the story of props.cash, kind of the origin story, because it's a reflection of myself at this point. 
Yeah, so why don't we just jump right into it? So what this freaking software is just genius. <laughs> I mean, you could use this if you want to gamble, you could just want to use fancy sports, you could use it if you want to just argue with your words at the lunch table. You want to know why Kelvin Johnson's been sucking so far this year. That's not really true, but I digress. So why so what made you create props.cash? What was the idea behind it? Was there kind of did you want to let go of certain things? Did you want to do kind of what you love? What's the whole story behind props.cash and why'd you build it? Yeah, so let me take a couple minutes and just uh, do your thing. Do your thing. It's not a linear path. It's a uh, it's a bit of a weird path how I got here. So, like I said, I went to school for math and stats. When I graduated, I wanted to be an elementary school math teacher. I wanted to teach grade six, grade seven math. But when I graduated at the time, I couldn't get a job as a teacher. There was too many teachers in the area where I am, and so I ended up working for the local newspaper, doing some data visualization, and I taught myself code over this time. Uh, I had a bit of a background because going to school for math, but I was able to teach myself working at the newspaper. And I, I started with this program very early on called D3. And the, the nerds in the audience will, will have heard of D3. It's just this very, very powerful um, data viz software that's now been around for about 10 years. And I was very early to adopt it. And so I've kind of become a, a pro at data viz uh, over this time. But Anyways, I worked for the newspaper for about a year, year and a half, and then I, I joined a startup and that's kind of, this is, these years were kind of like my Kanye five beats a day years learning like the proper, <laughs> the proper software practices. And so, yeah, for about three years, I was hustling with this startup uh, and we ended up getting acquired by this company, Instacart, which a lot of people have heard of. Um, Worked for Instacart for about a year and a half with some really, really top level engineers uh, through San Francisco and through Toronto. And it really honed my skills uh, in the software department. So actually just going back a little bit, I actually tried to build the same software in 2014. And I, I called it Big Proppa at the time. So shout out. I know there's a there's a Twitter name called Big Proppa out there. I love that. <laughs> Uh, but I didn't have the chops. I didn't have the software chops to do it then. So uh, anyways, I, I left Instacart after about a year and a half. I wasn't into the whole corporate thing. Worked for a small startup here in Hamilton. They ended up getting acquired by a much larger company. I dipped on that because I'm just not a huge corporate guy. And I tried to build this piece of software last year for kids getting back into education, which was teaching them math, but was using NBA data real time. Like they could use last night's games. Uh, their favorite team, their favorite players. So teachers could construct kind of math problems and curriculum based on MBA data. So I ended up building this last year and testing it with about 25 teachers across North America. It was awesome. I, they all loved it. Um, but when I asked them if they were willing to pay for it, it, it became a little bit murky. And so I would have had to go to school boards and kind of pitch the idea. And that that wasn't too inviting to me as like a creative type. So I've been playing props for about 10 years and I had all these graphs. I had all this code and I was like, well, maybe if I just change the lens on the program a little bit, instead of teaching kids math, maybe I could make this tool to teach prop betters uh, and myself mainly at the time to, to use math a little bit more in deciding their prop bets. So I kind of changed some of the code around. It wasn't for kids anymore. <laughs> it was for, for a gambling audience. Yeah, so and, your uh, audience changed dramatically, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like hesitant to tell the story because it's it's a complete 180, but it's literally the same piece of software with the new lens on it. 
And uh, I put it up on the internet and people just started signing up for it. And from there, it's been kind of crazy. I've been able to hire a bunch of people. We have a team now. Um, we, we've had incredible growth over the past, it's been about eight months now. So it's kind of blown me out of the water. I, I never really considered myself an entrepreneur. Um, but, you know, last year I built this product that completely failed uh, from a business sense. And so I had to just pull up my socks and uh, find a way to get this project off the ground. And it, it was through prop betting. And yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's been a ride, I'll tell you guys, uh, but it's been a lot of fun. And now props consume my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, would you consider yourself now a entrepreneur after everything that sure. has gone on? For sure. Yeah. I'm having to figure out stuff the hard way. Um, my background is on like the technical side, creative side. And so I've had to really pull up my socks on the business side. Thankfully I have the support of a few people uh, that I work with that are helping me on the business side because I-, I wouldn't be able to do it without them. So huge shout outs to the people that I'm working with. I mean, uh, I, I feel like you almost get the harder part of this whole software out of the way because you're more on the technical side. Right. Because I feel like the, the business side, selling it, the marketing, all like the ins and out of, of actually being on the business side, I think, or maybe this is me being naive, but I think that's more of the side that can be handled through other people. And I think the harder side is the engineering side. How can this software, how can we make this where we have everything in one place so you don't have to have, you know, 10, five to 10 different tabs open just to find what somebody did in their last five or 10 games. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There, there's kind of like a, an information architecture with the program. And it's, it's, it's all kind of converging to just making things simple. Um, we're hesitant to put too much on a page or too much in a given section because I don't think we're, we're very cognizant of not putting too much information. Let's, like any feature we add that a customer requests, we're we weigh it on how, how it'll help that customer, but it can also hurt other people that use the software by making it convoluted and kind of over-engineered. So there's definitely a maturity there that comes with scaling back and, and making it as simple as possible. I think this is where my educational background comes in really handy, teaching kind of grade six. You have to make things simple for grade sixes. I'm not saying people that use it, at a grade six level, but it's, it's certainly, we're not teaching calculus. We are teaching like a grade nine, grade 10 level math for people. So I think it appeals to a greater, greater subset of the gambling community. No, absolutely. Because it's so helpful because I don't have to spend so much time on an app or a player. I can just click through, boom. Or I can see his minutes, his shots attempt, all this. It's just, it's just crazy talking to you. Your story is amazing. So I, my thing I'm most interested in is how was like the public perception or like your family's perception around the idea of you saying, screw teaching, I'm not really corporate. I kind of want to do my own thing. I'm a genius. I mean, I'm a good looking dude. I can do whatever I want. Was there any backlash there? Was there any kind of like mental kind of hardships you went through with that deal with that backlash? Like kind of give us a story about that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's an interesting question. Um, I think the backlash was internal in a lot of ways for myself. Yeah. In Canada, we're a bit behind New Jersey, um, Illinois, in terms of gambling, there's still a little bit of a stigma up here with gambling that I, I, I don't see existing on gambling Twitter and like New Jersey subset or the Illinois subset. And so transitioning from teaching to our software to the gambling space in Canada, I think has a little bit of a different connotation. I th- it's going to change. Uh, things have been 
like, like there's been new uh, legislation in Canada that's bringing uh, sports gambling more to the forefront. So that taboo is going to change. However, we're behind, in my opinion, um, yeah, compared to uh, the major the major spots in the United States. So there was a bit of an internal struggle that I had with not telling other people at first because I was like, oh, I wonder how people will perceive this. Uh, such a 180 from teaching kids. So, <laughs> but you know what? It's funny. Once people started signing up for the product and I started gaining some traction, I had like no problem telling people. I was so pumped that someone was interested in using this product. Uh, and at that point, when I, I felt like I was onto something, um, I became excited. I told my family, my family was pumped. My friends were pumped. Like, you know, for, yeah, thank, I have two brothers. They were so, they're huge into sports, even more than I am. So they're so hyped, like being able to carve out a bit of a, a career in sports uh, with the tech background is like kind yeah, of, it's gotta be, I mean, me. you have to yeah. like, take that as an accomplishment in itself. I mean, you have a tech bra- background. And then you have created this into a sports, you know, putting yourself in, into a sports industry. So I think, you know, big ups from me personally, because I went into <laughs> broadcasting in school and, and obviously we're doing this, but I always wanted to be in some sports field. Even I didn't even start out in, in broadcasting. I started out in a different, in a different major. I was in hospitality. Um, and I, and I came and started doing this two years into school for my last two years of school. And, and obviously so far it's been working out, but when I was, when you say something like that, I'm like, damn, I was there, you know, in my sophomore year of college, like I want to get into sports, but I don't know where I go. And for you, you're like, I had a tech background. I worked in this field and I was able to kind of shift out and use what I learned from everything, the whole tech background to make this entire software. Um, so obviously a big ups for me, because that's just so cool to hear about that. Somebody that has didn't really ever think of having a quote unquote, or, you know, sports background in their, on their resume. Now you can say, well, look, I made this software that was not really designed for this, but like you said, and I love that analogy there, you just switch the lens on it and then you switch it to something and it, and it works out perfectly for this gambling community and everything that goes on with it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I feel those vibes. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> super pumped to be working on sports data. Hey, man. I, waking up and working with developers and ingesting sports data and thinking of new ways to present data that helps the prop better is literally a dream come true for a creative person like myself that, you know, is immersed in tech and math. This is like the perfect culmination of, of my skill set, And so it, it feels so right. And I think that's why the product, the product reflects that vibe. In my opinion, we are working extremely hard on it. We are passionate about it. You know, I'll be working with developers at 1 a.m. in the morning some nights because we'll have just a, a light bulb we'll turn on um, and we'll have an idea and we'll want to implement it. It's, it's pretty amazing. Like the sports uh, atmosphere is so energetic. Uh, I, being in grocery before, grocery doesn't have that same energy as the sports community. Yeah, it's so hype. And yeah, man, I am... Uh, I'm fired up. <laughs> so take us through like a day of, of take us through like a, a general Pete day. Like, do you wake up and it's just props.cash? Like, do you still degenerate gamble a little bit? How do you do in that? Like, yeah. are you, are, because people probably wonder, like, this guy built the software. He has to be killing the books. Do you right, kill the right. books? Yeah. Like, kind of give us like a kind of walkthrough of your regular day. And do you still gamble? And how do you do? Yeah. Well, from the gambling side, I, I do gamble. I'm a small time gambler. I'm not, I don't gamble to make a living, but I gamble. Like I see it as a logic puzzle. I love the research. 
obviously that's why I built it. And I've been playing props for about a decade here in Canada. We have what's called pro line. Um, it's, 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 it's not that great, but it's forced you to play parlays. So I've been playing parlays for the last 10 years. So I understand the appetite for them. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not like Bo Wagner where I'm betting five grand <laughs> on, uh, or, or cap, you know, these guys are betting yeah. huge amounts respect. I love that, but I, that's not me. I'm just, I'm much more small stakes. The, the, the research and the logic puzzle behind it is what, uh, what's my appetite for gambling. So yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of where I am. My favorite is NBA. There's just so such an output every night. You could have a hundred players every night with eight to 12 prop lines. You have 800 or a thousand prop lines every night in NBA and finding those gems is, is like treasure hunting. It's a, it's a pastime. I can get lost in just doing research. So when I was first starting the project, I was spending a lot of time researching. The product's gotten so busy now that I have to pull myself back a little bit from development and work more on the business side. So to answer your question about what a typical day is like for me, I spend a lot of time talking to customers. I think one thing that we have without giving too many of our secrets away, one of our biggest strengths is our customer feedback loop. We have so many customers asking us for features, telling us what they like and don't like about the product. And we've really finessed that loop. And the customers are essentially building the product at this point. They're telling us what they want and we're trying to deliver it for them. So from our end, it's a, it's, it's more about taking their feedback because we're getting so much of it now and organizing it and weighing what is the most important and, and what is the least amount of effort versus how important it is for them. So a lot of features you see coming out are requested by users, multiple users, and we're just kind of implementing what they're asking for. So we don't even see it as building features anymore. We're solving customer problems and we're doing everything with a purpose. Yeah. So I didn't really answer what a typical day is. I still am behind the keyboard a lot programming. I love it, but there's much more emphasis on the business side and the customer support side on my end at this point, people for whatever reason, like talking to the founder. Yeah, totally. I uh, believe that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm kind of like the fireball here. That is, uh, that's the public face and, you know, people can hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on a DM. We have someone handling our social, but you'll catch me sometimes chatting with people. You know, I hop on video calls. There's so many amazing relationships that I've made with people on Twitter. Uh, you know, I say Bo, but like guys like Hollywood Jones, people that I've hired now, uh, Wallabets, Sammy Capper. Mm. Um, yeah, these guys are just phenomenal people that I've met all through Twitter. And a lot of these people I've now hopped on like video calls with and having these relationships face-to-face like with you guys right now, I feel like is very, very key in creating that community uh, aspect. Twitter is one thing, but once you get up to that next level of chatting with people in, in this frame, it's uh, it's much stronger. Yeah, I, I can totally agree with, with you on that because we're able to talk to guys like Bo and Kenny and Jerry and Cap and Prop Holiday and yeah. you know, the list goes on. So you know, we, we've said this so many times before where we're like, there is people that, that follow these guys that would die to get on a call and see them face to face and just talk to them. And we have that relationship. So, you know, when we first started getting these guys on here and talking to them through this zoom that we're doing right now, it was like, damn, I'm like still a fan of you. Like I'm talking to you and asking you these questions, but like, 
I follow your bets. Like I followed your bets before I even had you on the show, before I even thought I was going to get you on the show. So that's super cool. Um, I want to bring this a little bit back towards the educational part of the story and what the teachers were saying. So when you brought that to the teachers, was their feedback mainly like, I really like this. I want to implement this. This was like before you said the whole money thing. And I know when we had our little chat before we did this, you had said, you know, you brought it to maybe 20 or 30 or 40 teachers and they liked it, but then you brought up the money. Was there, before you even brought up the money, could you have seen yourself saying, oh, the teachers really like this. Why don't I try this out in the classroom first and see how it actually works? Because then that'll give me the feedback to say, all right, well, the software is really good. It works regardless of changing the lens. It works. Maybe I can start and get a little bit of a background by having these guys be almost like my allies and saying, hey, this works. Let's go implement it somewhere else and say, all right, school boards, let's go. We like it. The other schools like it. Let's go down that path. Did you ever think that you were going to keep this down this path or was it like, all right, it didn't work. I have an idea of changing the lens. Let's just do it and run with it this way. Well, I think you have to be mindful that in the backdrop COVID was happening. So that's also yeah, very so, true. So teachers were in a different place. They're not in the classroom as much. Um, a lot of them were teaching remotely. So there was just a different environment altogether with respect to giving a teacher a piece of software or myself stepping into a classroom and working with the teacher uh, with the software. I just couldn't get into the classrooms to where we are because they were, they were doing remote teaching. Um, so there was that, that challenge that, affected kind of the, the delivery of the product. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was there. I also something to be mindful of with the teachers paying for it. Uh, the, the product is foundationally different through the lens of teachers than it is through the, the better, the product for the better is helping them make money. So they can potentially see in our, if, it, if it's not helping them make money which for a lot of people, it is, it's helping them become more aware and smarter prop betters. Teachers are not using the tool to make money. They're using it to kind of facilitate teaching math. So it has a very different uh, value to, to those two groups. And so, yeah, $20 a month for a teacher, like teachers are asked so much to already, they're asked to pay for classroom, yeah, whatever. Like they have to, if they set up their classroom with like design and stuff, wallpaper, a lot of it's coming out of their pocket. So yeah, totally. teachers don't have a, a budget they do have a budget, but they don't want to pay out of their pocket over and over. And some teachers have a really rough go at, like they're not supported by their school boards uh, in a sense that they don't have a budget to pay for stuff that's creative like this. So just a, just a really hard negotiation there with individual teachers. And then the prospect of going to school boards and selling it, it was such an uphill battle, especially during COVID that made it challenging. Saying that though, I, I do plan on circling back to this idea if someone doesn't steal it mm. uh, and uh, and working on it again, because it's still a passion project of mine. That's yeah. awesome. I love how I love how like there's there's a certain theme here, right? Like me and Alex have tried different things and tried different jobs. But for some reason, it doesn't hit unless you're doing something you love, which is just crazy. So what I have to ask you is like this is a billion dollar software waiting to happen. I mean, only 10% of the nation can, can gamble. So I can't even imagine how much money you're making when it's worldwide. Where do you <laughs> see props.cash going? Would you sell it if some big corporations came knocking or just like, this is your baby. No one's touching this. Get the F away. This is me. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a, that's a popular question. Um, 
I mean, I'm a, I'm a simple person. I'm trying to frame this problem simply. We're trying to build the best props tool on the market. We think we already have the best props tool on the market, but we are not satisfied with where it currently sits. We want to make it better. And I think if we build the best product on the market, we will have as many options as we want uh, with respect to how we want to work the business. To me, the the main problem or the main, like the exciting part is building the product and building the best possible product. Uh, I'm less excited about whether a company wants to buy it. Um, I've been through a few acquisitions now through tech and sometimes they're not all they're cracked up to be. Uh, People that have had ideas and sell their, their idea they get a cash payout, but they lose control of what their essential, like their creation was. And for creative types, that can be really challenging. So that's not my focus at all at this point. The focus is building the best possible product. Uh, and that's that's kind of the culture at props.cash that we instill in people working here. Yeah, that's great. I, and I know I want to keep this on the future side and Manny just took it right there. <laughs> um, so I'm sure you've probably gotten this question asked before, but in the future, do you see this? Maybe I know it's all props.cash and props, 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 but do you see this possibly incorporate? And I see you're smiling. I know where you might think I'm going, but um, <laughs> do you think you might be going more towards adding the spread side of things? So maybe you can say, well, the last five games, the last 10 games, the Washington football team has been whatever that may be against the spread. Do you see possibly adding that? Because, you know, with how the data and the technical side of it works, just by, I'm already thinking of it because you can see, you know, this guy had this many rebounds in his last five and his last 10 games. So I could see it working where it could be like, oh, well, the football team was, you know, four and, and one in their last five against the spread. Do you see it possibly going in that direction or are we keeping it all props? Right now we're keeping it all props. Um, I think having a focus on props is essential to the core business. I think it gives us it gives us focus and definition to the problem, and I think there's something about good software that is simple and to the point, and you can do too much and it be problematic. Maybe we move to a spread at some point. I I find personally the spread markets less fun because they're so mature. They're they've been you know they've been pretty worked out. I mean, I guess you're looking at Vegas though this year and they're setting these NBA lines and they are way off. Uh, so, so there's a little bit of weirdness there, but props are still so new. Just as an example, last year, or sorry, last MLB season, Tone Takes on Twitter. Love Tone Takes. I just signed with Dimers too. Don't see it. He, he was, yeah, he was, uh, he was pushing us to add uh, total bases for MLB. And we ended up adding it. And I mean, this was a fairly new market at the time, uh, fairly immature, and there's just so much value to be had. We're seeing that right now with shots on goal props. They are, it's a fairly new market and underserved market in hockey. And you're seeing tons of plus lines at just insane hit rates where you don't see that with say K props in baseball. These are like mature markets. So I like I like the aspect of props that we are attacking kind of immature underserved markets and finding value. The spread markets are not like that. They are so mature and figured out. So yeah, for, for now we're staying in props uh, for sure. So 
Hey, that's awesome. I mean, quick question. Do you guys have soccer on there? Because you had a light bulb go with the whole NHL thing. I was like, NHL, we can make some money here in soccer with the shots on goal. Hey, now, hey, now. Yeah, I mean, these are not natural next steps for us. Uh, looking at soccer props, golf, college sports, there, there's a, there's a lot of room for growth. We can, we can add. Uh, you get me excited. I'm getting a, lot, okay. <laughs> a little excited. A little excited. But hey, so obviously, blazing your own path and just saying I'm going to bet on myself and I'm going to do it my way and I'm going to be damn successful doing it takes a certain kind of person. Certain kind of just self-belief and self-confidence. What would, but obviously it's not always perfect. You know what I mean? So there's obviously definitely points where you probably had some doubt and like this season's going as how I thought it was going to be. What would you say to, to Pete like 10 years ago, five years ago, someone that's in your shoes right now that has an idea or they think they have an idea, they want to do something and they kind of like are shaky about it, not as confident. What would you say to that person? That's a great question. Um, I mean, it's scary <laughs> leaving your job to uh, pursue your own passion. But I feel as though that, that moment of leaving your job ups the, the stakes on what you're trying to do. I'm not advocating for everyone to leave their job and follow their own dreams. But if you, if you do have an idea that you believe in, I think that moment of committing to it full time is, is a huge step in like the spirit of seeing your idea reach a new level. If you're able to commit, you know, hundred hours or whatever it is, like I'm working hundred hours a week right now on this. I don't, we, I don't expect other people to be working on this at, at this level, <laughs> but, but I wouldn't be able to, if I was working a full-time job on the side. So I think that moment is a scary moment, but an essential moment. And I don't think I would have realized that five years ago. And it's something I realize now. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm I'm smiling ear to ear when you say that because Manny and I essentially did the the same thing. We were, you know, we met at a at a, a weird coincidence where it happened, and we uh, kind of talked about doing something like this. And we started throughout just doing it like this. The two of us were on a Zoom screen. I was, you know, doing the podcast from my house, and he was doing the podcast from his house. And you know, over time, we grew, we developed, we matured, and. Now we have five lights, two of the best microphones in the game, a big banner and everything. So, you know, you just, it, it's, it's all to the same point of when you believe in it, when you trust it, when you believe in yourself, mostly, you know, the, the opportunities are endless. So uh, it's great. It's great to hear. We hear so many of those things for, we just had prop holiday say something like that. Like if you believe in it, just go with it. So to hear these guys that have big followings are doing their own things and whatever that may be. Uh, is so successful and so heartwarming to us uh, to hear those things. So I want to kind of bring this to maybe more of a, I guess I'll say on the technical side and um, you know, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but um, for the people out there that gambling Twitter can be, as you may know, gambling Twitter can be a little bit toxic. Uh, yeah. And when people put their yeah. VIP packages out there of whatever that price may be, um, you can see that Twitter or Instagram, whatever they want to communicate on can get a little spicy and a little heated in terms of, I don't want to pay this. I don't want to pay that. So I want you to just to talk a little bit about, um, you know, why you're valuing a $20 a month, why you're valuing uh, NFLs to be $89.99 for the season, NBA to be $99.99 for the season. Talk a little bit about how the value of those, what you're getting out of those values, right? You're, it's $100 for the entire 
uh, NBA season. It's an 82 game season. For me, that me that makes pretty much that makes sense. If you're betting five dollars and you're using this and you're betting correctly, responsibly, um, you should easily make that back. But there's obviously you're going to get those people that are out there that are like, oh, I'm not paying hundred dollars for this. This makes no sense. Why would I do that? I'm not spending 199.99 on NBA and NFL. I'm not doing that. So just touch a little bit on on where you got the value to to make this 99, 89, 20 dollars a month, um, and why that makes sense. Yeah, pricing is hard. I don't think there's any way around pricing it. I'm sure people that run their VIPs have a have a tough time pricing it out. It's it's a challenge. Um, I mean, the higher you price it, the fewer people you're going to have. But in some cases, that may be a better thing. Uh, whereas the lower you price it, you're going to attract a, a greater subset of people on Yamley Twitter. I think for us, we have a tech product that we're trying to scale with as many people as possible. So having a fair price is essential uh, for the scaling of the product. We, you know, we we think twenty dollars is about the average unit size for a user. You know, maybe it's less, maybe it's more, um, but but about average. You know, we have it at twenty, and we think a twenty dollar investment over the course of a month for research. You're basically putting it. It's an investment in yourself if you are wagering these unit sizes each night or a few times a week responsibly. Uh, it's easily justifiable. So we've kind of landed in that sweet spot. We, I think we would like to have some, an offering that is maybe $10 a month um, because that might appeal to more people. Maybe something around the, you know, something along the lines of you get to pick three or four of your favorite prop types. Uh, right now we have about 10 or 12 prop types for every NBA player, but maybe if you only want three or four, you have a reduced rate. We want it to be accessible to people that don't have a huge monthly spend. And, you know, that, that's hard to do, man. Pricing is hard. What, what are you guys' thoughts on that? What What do you think about the $20? I, I thought it was genius because I, I signed up myself. I got so tired of going on Twitter and seeing these guys yeah, I like X for over one and a half threes, and they have all this information. I'm like, dude, I'm literally losing money. So I, when you go to the website and it's like, oh yeah, free trial and twenty dollars a month, done deal. I didn't care at all. I was like, all right, here we go. I feel like it's great value. I mean, everyone's unit is around ten and twenty dollars, thirty dollars, a higher end, fifty dollars, stuff like that. I feel like it's a perfect price yeah. in my opinion. Right, and and I'm I'm happy that you asked us this question too, um, to kind of spit it back to us. We don't really, right, we right. don't really get any of that, but my thoughts on it are, are like. You know, think about the subscription for the people out here that are going to bitch and complain about it. Let's think about the subscriptions that you're paying for on a daily basis. You may have a Netflix subscription. You may have a Hulu subscription, right? There's so I, I could go on and on at, at the subscriptions that you have that you probably don't even know what you're still paying for. So you're this getting one, zero ROI. You're, right. You're getting you're getting nothing back from that. So this one, let's think about what you get out of it. Obviously, you're getting everything, you know, the the research intent, you're getting all that out of it. But mainly for me, it's the time. So let's okay. say you you have you spend an average night. You spend one hour. You get off, let's say you get off work at four p.m. and you spend from four thirty to five thirty doing your research. I guarantee you, you take at least thirty minutes off that from this, and and you you get your bets in faster, so your odds don't increase. So then you can win more money. So if I'm gonna bet five dollars to win four dollars. I take 30 minutes off. Maybe I'm betting five to win 450. You never know. So I think it just makes sense in terms of the time that you're taking out of it and everything that you get. I mean, like you said, the total basis thing is super cool. I recently, from using your software, I recently started doing points, rebounds, and assists. 
And I think that's an underrated prop. I think mostly people might do points and rebounds or mainly people do just over-unders and rebounds, over and under points. I like doing the whole slate. I've been taking, you know, the very first time I did it, I took Luka Doncic under points, rebounds, and assists. And a lot of people would probably say, why the hell would you take his under on that? You're, you're taking the entire slate of everything he does in one game. You're going to take the under. And it hit because of the research that it, it shows you on the screen. What It shows a bar graph. It couldn't be more easy. It shows a bar graph of greens and reds. So when you see all reds, what are you going to do? You're going to take the under. It just makes sense. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that because that's the feedback we get from a lot of users. It saves them time. Um, that's the main one. But I think the other thing, and you nailed it, is we're introducing people to new markets that they never would have looked at. For instance, tonight, JD on Twitter, he was he's looking at a Steph Curry block prop at like plus 260. Who would have been looking at a Steph Curry block prop? Uh, and, you know, he, his justification was these rule changes are increasing the block rates of some of these players. They're they're less scared to uh, to attempt a block, especially in the perimeter. So I just love the creativity around people uh, experimenting with new markets, the way that you are experimenting with, say, PRA. And an example of that earlier in the season was uh, Miles Bridges. I was I was playing some PR, some points and rebounds, Miles Bridges, and he had some games where he had like seven or eight assists out of nowhere. Whereas if you would have played the points, rebounds, and assists, it kind of would have averaged out and you would have hit uh, versus playing the points and rebounds. So it's making people think about props in a slightly different way, I think, um, because these, these markets are so accessible using the program. So even if you don't win, it's, you know, we, we are very clear that we don't guarantee winners, but we can guarantee that you will start to think about props differently than you thought about before using the props.cash tool. So we hope people take that with them. No, absolutely. I feel like, and even people who are just smart is like, I'm becoming a smarter, better, regardless. Like, even if I lose this, Okay, so how did I lose this? Let me go back to see. Okay, he had X amount of shots, X amount of minutes. Okay, maybe I should get a guy who has X amount of minutes more. You know what I mean? So it kind of makes you a smarter, better. Kind of like the final question I had for you is, because I'm, I'm so dumb for asking this. You're Canadian. What are your teams? Who do you root for? Are you like a big <laughs> hockey guy? Like, give us the whole breakdown. I should have got this as the first question. I was slacking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I'm, being Canadian, I grew up on hockey. You know, playing that for, from five years old. Baseball and hockey were my two big sports growing up. Played high school football. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm a diehard Bills fan. <laughs> Bills Mafia. How, how did that start? How did Bills Mafia start for you? Wait, so you went through all the heartbreaks in the 90s. Holy oh, shit. man, I did, man. yeah. Yeah, my old man is a diehard Bills fan. I was born into it. So, you know, we go down to Orchard Park. Uh, we, I mean, now COVID has been a little challenging, but, man, going down and table slamming up it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that's nothing like it. Have you jumped through one? (laughs) I I haven't. I've witnessed them. I know they're like banned now. (laughs) But oh, I didn't know that. There's nothing better than uh than going to the Bills game. I mean, for my brother's bachelor party a couple years back, we went to uh see them play the Jets. There was an opening game. They had when when Le'Veon Bell was all the hype, and the, the Bills came back and beat them. And man, going on a Bills road game especially to see a division game like the jets was so hype yeah diehard Bills fan, <laughs> big lease fan raps fan obviously and raps are raps are so hyped this year scotty barnes uh man i, I we couldn't have asked for a better rookie yeah the, the scotty yeah. barnes props is what i'm uh is what i'm loving they're huge too. they're huge hitting them rebounds he's been hitting them yeah rebounds. exactly so what about you guys who, who are your teams okay go ahead manny so i'm i'm 
Philly all the way. Phil, okay. uh, Phillies, <laughs> Eagles, Flyers, the whole yeah. nine. I'm diehard bleeding through my skin. So yeah, and then okay. I'm uh, I'm the complete opposite. I'm the New York guy. So I'm the Giants, the Yankees, the Knicks, and the Rangers. And I don't know if you can see back here. I got my whole yeah. Rangers way back a, there. Such, such a bitch. I saw um, you with this really nice Ranger jersey on too. Yeah, that was the Winter Classic yeah. sweater. It, yeah. It's a shame it, it's Matt Zuccarello and he's not on the team anymore. But at the time, he was just my favorite <laughs> guy. And they had played the Sabres at City Field and Winter Classic. And I was like, I have to get this jersey. Um, what? So I want to ask you, uh, the, one, of, one of the last things we'll ask you here is, uh, what were your thoughts on the Leafs last season in the playoffs? Mm. As you were able to watch them, and and uh, you know there was there was not too not too much of a uh, uh, a good playoff showing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Why are we ending it on this question? This Game of Thrones. Because I saw your face, and I was like, I don't want to kill him for saying you know three one. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, you know. Being in Canada, half my friends are Habs fans. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Like, are you on like the side of Canada where you're like most or you're in between where it's like, you know, Toronto, Maple Leafs guys, and then Habs fans? Or is it like... No, you know what? The the city that I live in, Hamilton, Ontario, um, used to be the AHL team for the Montreal Canadiens. So oh, there's okay. a huge Habs following here in, in Hamilton. So I just have a ton of buddies that are Habs fans. So <laughs> obviously... Losing after being up 3-1 was absolutely devastating. Um, yeah, I don't even like talking about it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we have our bounce back. Hey, look, there's give and take. You got the, you got the Kawhi shot on me, and I just I, yeah, I had the new Kawhi lettered on Twitter because I kept seeing that shot. So you got something on me. Hey, we, we, we just want to thank you so, so much for being here. Um, to talk to you is, is super cool to hear about this and what people can actually get out of this if, you know, for the people listening at, at home that – you know, can take this, all of this information because they heard from you specifically everything that you did to get to where it is right now. And, and at the fast rate that gambling's going, I don't know why you wouldn't hop on board to, to continue your research. And I think it's more, people say, let's do smart research to produce smart gambling picks and smart gambling. I would say this is your smart research because you're not necessarily having, and this is the big, you know, one of the big models that you have on the website is let's not have 10 tabs open. So I think that's something definitely um, to let you go on is, is let's not have 10 tabs open. Let's be smart. Let's make smart research. And that can ultimately result in, in smart gambling picks. So we just want to thank you so, so much. We hope that we can keep this relationship going with you and, and that it's not going to be the last and time. Before, that we before we let you go, where can people find you on social media and where can people go to get on props.cash? Yeah. I mean, the site is props.cash, literally. So you can go to the site and it's easy to sign up for a free trial. Right now, the free trial, you can access one NBA game at a time. So you can see how the platform works. Um, and I guess on Twitter, at props.cash, props.cash. So uh, yeah, give us a follow there if you're following us. And I also just want to say thanks to you guys for you know allowing me to have this platform to speak about my story and props.cash. It's something I'm truly passionate about. And I can tell you guys are passionate about what you're doing. And so this is kind of a perfect mix, your production, your growth. It's, it's all very apparent and you guys are going to do big things as well. So kudos to you. And I'm really excited to keep the relationship going as well. Hopefully we can do a follow-up a year from now when we have soccer and uh and golf and i can uh i can replug replug props.cash yes, yes, we'll, we'll be in touch um we appreciate you so much and we can't wait to talk to you again soon all right aj manny take care guys thank you take care
Dude, let's go. That's amazing. I mean, guys, I mean, for you guys listening at home, um, when you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can easily scroll down and and hit that that five-star rating for us. This is just another cool guest to have on. We've been crushing the guest game. We just returned from Auburn in a banger. And like I said at the beginning of the video, that's going to come out. The content is not... Hey, and the guest game ain't stopping either. The guest game is not stopping either. The the train of guests is just flowing. We ha- we got to buy like this big-ass calendar so we can just write in every <laughs> guest because we're getting to the point where... And this is just what I've loved because we went on a stretch for a little while where we didn't have guests and it was mainly on us to, Hey, let's, let's dial it back. Let's figure out what we got to do differently. And now we're at the stage where it's like, we can say, all right, we have this person. Let's write them in here. Okay. The next week, let's write them in here. Cause we're getting into the point where it's like, we're mixing up people. And we're yeah, like, no, we for, don't have, we, for real. Bro, we were mixing up Auburn. dates, all that <laughs> shit. Dude, we were in Auburn and, and I was, and I was saying to you, I'm like, we had to message somebody and be like, we actually can't, can't fit you it. in right yeah. now. Like I need, Fucking I sucks. need, I need time to tick so then I can put you in. I'm and texting him like, wait, isn't this December 1st or the 30th? Like it's crazy. <laughs> right. And it's all possible with you, like people watching at home and supporting us. And we love you so much for that. Yep. And, and the one thing that I do want to mention uh, before we get the hell out of here, we had a great call with, I'm not going to say too much on this. We had a great call. Mm. We have a new, some new news coming. We can clip this out. Um, we have new news coming in terms of how you can keep in touch with us outside of Twitter, outside of Instagram. So if you do want to follow us on Twitter and keep being in touch with us for now on those platforms, it's at ADED podcast on Twitter and at ADED pod on Instagram. Check out the TikTok as well, which is just the all day everyday show. Cool little content going on there. I'm going to keep saying the same thing like I do every episode. It's different. You're not going to see it on Twitter. You're not going to see it on Instagram. So if you want to see some funny type content, um, head over to the TikTok and we'll go live. And we are going live soon. We have two weeks before, literally two weeks from now, we will be in Los Angeles, California. Two weeks, 14 days. It's crazy to say we are still recovering from this banger in Auburn, Alabama. Uh, but in literally 14 days, we will be touched down with the GOAT, our editor, um, and one of our good buddies out in Los Angeles. So we cannot wait to do that. Uh, I mean, we're just loving it. So we cannot wait to keep this guest run up. Tell these guys about the YouTube and then we'll get out of here. Hey, so I remember when I started doing this, we went from 80% not subscribed down to 66. Now we've been stalling at 66 of you who are watching this video not subscribed. Let's get that down to 50. If you're not subscribed, make sure you hit that like button, leave a comment, hit the notification bell, show us some love. The All The Everyday Show boys signing off. Let's go. Let's go, man. We appreciate you guys so, so much. We cannot wait to keep putting out some great, great content for you. You've been listening to The All Day Everyday Show with All Day AJ and homie Manny Ruffin. I'm having a blast, man. My name is Alex Jacobs, but you can call me All Day AJ. I guess we'll see you with somebody else next week. You'll find out. Woo.